Simmons and Mikkel Nielsen. All right, and we're back. The boys of Greenwood here live in effect. Bonjour, shalom, what's up? How you living? That's right, Chaz. How you living today? March day before St. Patty's Day, the sixteenth. How you living, Chaz? You know what? I'm pretty good. Excited for St. Patty's Day. I am going to a friend's going away party on Saturday, though. That's going to be sad. Oh, that's interesting. Where are they going away to? They're going to uh, Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Uh, what kind of uh, work are they getting over there in the D.C. area? Uh, their husband, or I should say boyfriend, uh, works with wildlife and stuff. So right before the whole like freeze, he got a job out there, and now they're going out there to uh, meet up and live and all that stuff. So I say husband. I don't know. I don't think they're married, but they act like they're married, so I think they're married. All right. So there's you a, know them. It's Eliza. Okay. So there's a job opportunity in uh, the D.C. area that they got through the wild fish and wildlife. Cool. Something like that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, that's uh, that's a good reason. Yeah. It's a good. It's kind of the the government jobs place. I mean, if you're going to be working out in D.C., <laughs> you should be like either a lobbyist or working for the government out there. But uh, yeah, man, we're here in North Seattle ourselves. I'm sticking around for now. Uh, yeah, I'm living pretty good too. It's been uh, we had the the mild weather today. Oh, that was beautiful. And <sighs> it's like signaling that March is bringing spring. Eee. So it is happening, and uh, there is a chance that we'll see some sunlight. You know, it's, right? It's like this. There's been articles in Seattle lately about how we're we've been deprived of sun. We've had three days of pure sun and stuff. People, they're, their counting is always off. You never know. I mean, they're probably just they're going to the cloudiest place. You know. Yeah, when you live here, that's kind of what you expect. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Otherwise, we're still living in the USA. Uh, once again, it's Trump world, man. Uh, <laughs> just kind of keeping track of all of these uh, current events. It's been uh. Just another busy week. It's been a doozy. It's always a doozy. Uh, I give him credit. He's definitely not taking a week off so far. So Well, he's going down to Mar-a-Lago this weekend once again. Yeah. Still conduct business down there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nuclear football. Hey, what's up, guys? Yep. <laughs> Tries to play actual football with him. <laughs> something Something sounds like he'd think that was funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess, uh, you know, we uh, we typically start this show off with uh, a segment that we in the biz like to call. Cuckoo callbacks. That's right. Callbacks. And uh, I used a short intro for our callbacks this week because I don't have a lot of callbacks this week. Um, I guess I'd start out with, if you listened to the last episode, a uh, shout out to Katie Baker, our uh, grand guest for that um, episode. She was uh, the scientist from the University of Washington, and we discussed different cancer research specifics and like the different avenues that politics gets involved with all that, and it was a great conversation. So a callback shout-out from me. What about you, Chaz? Do you uh, 
second the shout out <laughs> i do second the shout out he's looking at me like what are you doing yeah and i remember uh, last week we were telling her telling everyone that she was going to be talking at seattle's town hall oh. and uh, i'm yeah. looking up the invite for it. it happens on a monday and it happens in april but there's some other ones going on there too i'll look for that there's an evening uh um, with neuroscience 2017 happening Friday, April 17th or 7th. Sorry. Well, that's um, not much of a callback. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, I mean, they can they can technically listen to the episode. We talked about it, I think, in the beginning and at the end. Oh, no, uh, but I just didn't give the specific date. Oh. That, that's what I was looking for. Okay. But it's I was also going to talk about Initial D just for a second. Because we talked about that uh, the last time we like uh, last week as well too. What's the initial D? Initial D is that uh, drifting, uh, driving show oh, and video game from her drift series that she she was on. She 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 watched Tokyo Drift. Right, and that's the only one she ever watched. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's a that's part of callbacks for sure. So what's uh, what's what's your opinion on that? What's the uh, the callback? Just uh. Your impression? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I really, I really liked playing the video game. It was one of those video games where you could either play it like on different modes, where you could just basically drive and then let go of the gas in order to do um, your drifting. If you play it on easy mode, but if you played it on the hardest difficulty, you had to know like five transmission stick shifts and everything and and switch it over so it was a cool game where like you could learn to almost drive like a manual car by playing it oh okay okay so it's actually not a shout out to the movie but the game from which the movie came from right because that was a game to movie situation i think so i don't actually know okay maybe we should google that we'll find out what the uh the order of the the drift is what was it, what's the name of this one again? Oh, they're both initial D. Oh, oh, yeah. initial D. Mm-hmm. The D stands for drift. That's right. All right. Well, uh, otherwise, call back to all of the other episodes. They're great. <laughs> 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 Listen to them. They're fun. Uh, and I guess that brings us forward. You know, that's to uh, this episode, which, if I'm not mistaken, is episode 13, the luckiest one of all. You know, you just gotta switch it, right? You're just like, yo, 13. Oh, I found it. I'm it's sorry. It's cool. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I was looking in the wrong place. It is called Hannah, Catherine, and Katie at Town Hall. It is happening Monday, April 10th, and it starts at 5.30, and it ends at 7 p.m. Uh, so the young lady who was our guest uh, last week will be there. So if you're in the Seattle area and you want to check it out, go for it. It's a Town Hall event. They're usually like 5 bucks. So I'll be there. Good, good callbacks. And I'll see you there. Yeah. I'm glad I found that. There I'm glad go. I used initial D to stall while I was finding yeah, that. Which was a true callback. See, and I allowed that. See, <laughs> I didn't like to scroll through the random like, agenda calendar. <laughs> we can start an agenda calendar segment, but. We don't need to do that. We got to keep strict, strict adherence to the boundaries of our segments here. <laughs> Not really, but. Uh, but yeah, we're in the episode now. So this week, uh, I guess starting because kind of the the biggest briefing we got this week was on the healthcare. Yeah. Uh, and what's the official name coming out of it now? Uh, the American Healthcare Act. No, because now it's called something else. 
it's called oh the Amer yeah you're right the Amer instead of the Affordable yeah yeah Amer not 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 the Patient Protection and, and the Affordable Care Act right just the American <laughs> yeah which you can get in book form by the way if you want I guess it's being printed so you can read it and uh, and the budget came out this week mm -hmm. which um i haven't uh dived into um yeah maybe that's something we can pull up, pull up but we can because uh yeah because all i know is uh his budget is going to be just as vague as any president ever so it's not like it's going to be abusive or offensive but there'll definitely be some moving of the needle in certain places oh for sure i'm guessing defense spending will be pumped up in it he says he wants 54 billion dollars for that one yeah so um i mean there's some kind of givens with most republicans or at least republicans with the style that he's operating with um in how they dice up the budget and it's been interesting speaking of the budget because um the congressional budget office which is a bipartisan and independent um, kind of uh, wing of the government where people uh, analyze and kind of look through all the bills and all the spendings of the government. Yeah. And they came out with reports that were negative about um, Trump's proposal proposals and what I assume must have been some reaction to this budget. So um, uh, it was definitely I think that report uh, I glanced at it a little bit like read like the first five uh, pages of it and it's supposed to be of uh, I know they did one for Ryan care or or what we're just the <laughs> uh, HC. I like it now Ryan care <laughs> works. Ryan care. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make A H C A. Yeah. And they said that um if it would um get enacted this year, next year, there would be fourteen million people taken off of health care, mainly because they're taking away the uh Medicare entitlement, apparently. I didn't know I don't know if that's just a government term to call them entitlements, but I find it interesting that when they have all these different programs that uh, a lot of conservatives want uh was removed. It called? Yeah, because they want small government, and they call them entitlement programs. So right, and then when uh, Democrats typically pass these things that get built, they're called social programs. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of uh, an interesting—I don't know—it's just lexicon and changing of the words. And so, yeah. so what was it? So then, over I think the course of 2020, <laughs> um, there'd be another 10 million people total taken off of health care as well. Right. And there, and and also, but the big thing that the conservatives are going to care about is because they're doing that, it could lead up to into the end a three hundred and thirty-seven billion dollar tax cut. Right. Right. So, and it can be. So that was the whole thing about the people in the higher echelon of taxes. Um, I read some things where they would say the highest tax bracket would be getting a. A hundred and ninety-seven thousand four hundred dollars back um, on average. Right. So, yeah, I know those numbers were going to go down, and and the uh, w when they kind of ran the totals over long term and stuff, it, it definitely was a big, big change f from what the Obamacare, as it was called, the you know Patient Protection ACA. All right, it's still there, <laughs> yeah. and and I think and I think the thing here too is. Uh, See, if they didn't run on repeal and replace, we we wouldn't be dealing with this ridiculous bullshit right now. Right. It's because they ran on repeal and replace 
But I understand why they did it because it Obamacare was done on party lines, like or I should say it was voted on on party lines, Correct. but it was put together bipartisanly. Because I remember them having those sit down meetings, Obama on one side, Paul Ryan on the other side, and them talking to each other like, "Hey, right?" Or maybe that was something different. No, that know. was healthcare. But um, the thing about that was the Republicans came out of it saying that the Democrats didn't listen to anything they said. I mean, even though um, the Democrats come back saying, oh, we listened to this idea and they had these options and we thought these were good towards what we were talking about. But it it just is always rhetoric from the parties. So they the Republicans came out of it saying they didn't listen. They don't care. Whatever they're right. passing is, is going to be repealed by us. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, it started the day they that they passed it is the day that this repeal process started. And I can see. I can see why there's the ideological fight there, too, because now listening to their plan and when I listened to uh, some of the Indivisible episodes this week, I definitely heard Republicans saying, "Okay, look, these are entitlements because we give this to the poor. It keeps them poor. Right. So we need to take these away. So the poor get pulled and bootstraps up. Right. Get a job and then get health care center job. Right. And then that will allow you to have access to, which Bernie Sanders already put down saying access to doesn't mean that they're able to utilize it. Right. And so with that, it's like I get where they're coming from. I know where their like ideological stance is. And I'm like, it, it's it, it, I see I'm trying to find, like, if, if it goes through, if they find a way to pull it through and they show the outcome to it, right, I think that will, or I heard someone else say this on Indivisible, if that goes through, that will fracture the Republican Party to where, like, did he, because a lot of their constituents will be, uh... What will your constituents just be? Down in the dumps. Just couldn't be able to live, couldn't be able to get health care. They'll get sick and die. That That's what it is. They'll get sick and die. <laughs> Maybe that's a little doom and gloom, but nah, not. But basically, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this theme because the rest of this conversation. Bill watch is bill watch status because we were going to talk about the healthcare bill kind of plan anyway. That's true for the bill watch segment. So to kind of carry it over, um, what do you think specifically in how it's processed now and and what's become of it in um, on the hill there in our segment? Um, I definitely think that it, a lot of people are talking about it, and uh, some there are. I think enough Republicans in opposition for it that won't uh, take it away. But I wonder if they will replace it with another health care act that they put in. And it's uh, America's greatest health care act. It's like, what? Really? Because there's so there's already kind of a a um, clone different bill that's out there. That's a health care replacement plan. That's called the America's greatest health care plan. It, it might be prong two of uh, their whole thing. So, yeah, that was interesting. The whole Sean Spicer, uh, his uh, White House press secretary, uh, gave a speech this week where he was describing the prongs 
of uh, of their plan, and uh, it just, I don't know what it is. I've just never heard the term prong used so many times in so few of sentences, so um, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's silly. So what do you got up here? You've got the actual... I got the actual bill... And that's for the world's greatest healthcare plan of 2017. Okay. This is HR 1275. And what this bill does, like the main two things are the elimination of individual and employer mandates under ACA. And uh, and the other one is providing states with uh, alternative affordable coverage options. Okay. And that's going to be um, a similar bill, but not the actual same American. Uh, yeah, I think that might actually be prong too. Okay. That sounds like because we, we were, or if you haven't heard it, uh, Sean Spicer was talking about the different prongs that the uh, thing was going to have. And he's all like, this is only the first part in prong two, because if it gets rid of the um, individual mandate, yeah, that that that's what helps um get that other healthcare plan through so it can work in tandem with the ACA. Okay, that makes sense. So this is officially prong 2. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I mean it, it might it just might be if it's prong 2, y'all, you heard it here first, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's interesting. Well, uh, so that's good for for good old Bill Watch. Uh, keep track. There's now two healthcare plans um, that are going t- through the uh, Congress that uh, supposedly will uh, replace Obamacare, um, and both of them have millions of people that will be left uninsured. So, um, I it's ridiculous that that you like you said in the beginning that they're they're doing this because it fulfills a campaign promise, and that's. That's basically their reasoning at this point. We said we'd do it, so we're going to do it. Right. I mean, he's even said that at the beginning it was going to cost less, and then now, just this last month, he said, did you know healthcare is so complex? I mean, nobody knew, and it's like everybody knew. Like, we knew. We did. Right. Like, when when you use the size of it in a press conference, and I know the size of it because I listened to it, and it's huge, but... But that doesn't mean you can't break it down into specific parts and then break down those specific parts that work and then start to have committee meetings and conversations and debates about what aspects don't work, why they don't work, and how you can effectively change it so it should work. All right. Well, uh, to lighten the mood, um, one of the uh, kind of, you know, the, the things that can go against all of these political times where we get stressed out and we have to pick sides and we feel, um, you know, this anger at times. And, um, you know, violence is a part of politics. And so it's a, mm-hmm. it's a violent uh, arena and, and it gets very cumbersome to be a part of it. And sometimes we need to get away from that. And one of the best ways is comedy. Oh, snap. And oh, one of the biggest things... In America today is the touring comic, and they oh, are okay. um, going around from city to city and entertaining us all. And so tonight, I just wanted to reflect a little light on some of the better comedians that are out there. And uh, what comedians do you like, or are you have you been listening to? And I'll give uh, the listeners a few of mine, and I'll even let them know a few places they can get some specials. 
because some people I enjoy, their specials be coming out soon. Oh, okay. On a few different platforms, and if you're looking for some platforms for comedy, there you go. Netflix be one of them. I was gonna. That's really the only one I got. There's CISO now. Oh, okay. You go to s e e s o dot com, and it's pure comedy, and it's got everything from every season of SNL for all 42 years including current episodes the day after they air. Oh, wow. Okay. And fresh new specials from comics getting released every month. And so they have comics, you know, from the likes of, like, Bill Burr and, like, you know, even smaller acts that you may not know, like Natasha Legero and Pete Holmes and people like that. You can get their comedy and clips on there or full specials or TV shows, original stuff. Okay. And you can get, you can get free months just by going to the website and uh, just like you can with Netflix. So you should go check that shit out. And that'll be some comedy. But what are some uh, comedians you enjoy there, Chess? Ooh, ooh, okay. Um, most recently, uh, tagging back in with the Netflix comment. Uh, so gl- 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 Gabriel Iglesias, uh, he did a special on Netflix recently, and it was really good. It okay. was super funny. He he just basically told a bunch of stories, but then he had a bunch of sinbacks that he used multiple times throughout the throughout the special. It was just like a quality quality uh quality comedy experience. All right, so uh, some of the biggest acts right now is uh, obviously Louis C.K. So um, I've always enjoyed his comedy. It's kind of an off-brand comedy. Yeah. Um, it's it can be dark. It can be real. It can be uh, aggressive to some people. Um, but I really like his stuff, and he's definitely one of the bigger comics right now. Also, when you um, look for comedians, another one's name that comes up a lot is Kevin Hart. Love Kevin Hart. He oh be, my god! He be selling out arenas, including your very own Philadelphia Eagles Stadium. Damn! He sold it out for comedy. So Yo. that guy be doing big things. And then of course Dave Chappelle. Oh, and he has a special coming on Netflix soon. Yeah, he's de- like that's the cool two of them. I yeah, think. they've done a deal with a lot of these comedians now that are like really big. They're like, well, we'll do two or three things with you, and that way they can do something big like a. Uh, you know, a one-hour special they've been working on for a year, and then maybe they can just do something smaller that's a little more, you know, fun or, or you know, something they can kind of play around with. Because in comedy, it's like there's the 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 pure joke that you're you're ready to tell that you, you kind of feel like it's gonna just knock everybody that ever hears it down. Right. And then there's the process that it takes to get there. You know. And, exactly. And that's actually the longer the longer part of what they do, and so. Um, if you go out in these towns across America and see comedy, what you're going to see is an array of people who are either honed in for that night or are also trying to, you know, invest some time to work out some material that they're they're trying out. And that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Know? That's why I go to a lot of even lower end shows like open mics and stuff. Yeah. And there's a bunch of those here in Seattle. Yeah. And like, yeah, you'll see some talent that, you know, may or may not be you know, top brass comedians, but, uh, you know, it's a fun time and it's typically free and they're usually places that it's, uh, it's kind of cheap to just hang out and get some live comedy. Yeah. I go to one from time to time at, uh, art marble. Uh, it happens every last, uh, Tuesday and it's also their taco Tuesday. So you can go there, chill out and just like three comics and they do 20 minute sets. It's pretty cool. 
So um, Bill Burr just did a special that's going to be coming out in on Netflix. It is already out now. Oh, so shit. Check that out. Um, I've been listening to his podcast. Just shout out to him for being on the podcasting spectrum like us. And uh, I also I enjoy um, Pete Holmes right now because he's got a show on HBO that you can check out called Crashing. Which, oh, okay. Which airs every Sunday. Ooh. And so it'll probably be every Sunday leading up to either just before or when Game of Thrones comes back onto HBO. So oh, shit. get your HBO pass and go watch some Crashing with Pete Holmes. And you'll see actually an array of comedians come on that show because the premise is he's leaving his wife and he's on his own and he's a comedian. So he's crashing, hence the name, on people's couches. And those people are their comedians. Oh. And they're real life touring comedians playing themselves eccentricized you know the kind of stylized versions of themselves uh for the show you know television okay but but they're they're really their name so tj miller is on an episode that i've seen recently and so he's he stayed at uh Artie lang's place and so oh wow okay yeah so it's kind of cool so if you really want to see some comics uh doing some funny stuff it's on that hbo show crashing and uh, yeah, that's my my little light lighten up the mood segment so far tonight. Nice. Know? It actually looks like Bill Burr has multiple specials on Netflix. Oh, he just did another one that dropped. Was why I, was, I heard him. He he's been talking about it, leading up to it on the on the podcast. And he had Jim Norton on today. And I I didn't see uh, which network. I'm assuming it was probably Netflix. Actually, I oh, think okay. he was saying that he had a good relationship with them. So I think yeah, Jim Norton just dropped a special. Um, he's not for everybody, but he's a New York brand kind of comedy, uh, who, uh, it rev- is very revealing comic. He's known for, for not holding anything back and going sometimes into what may consider dark places for some people, um, mm-hmm. and some maybe perverse places at times for some people. I can see that. But that's, uh, some areas that you can hone out some pretty good comedy. So, um, that's true. Uh, that's another one to check out. Um, and shout out to Comedy's podcasts. If you want to check out comedians, a lot of them have cool podcasts. That's true. So if you're listening to this right now, when you're done listening to this, go to the little search thing and type in your favorite comedians. And I'm sure a few of them are going to have a show you can listen to. And download that and uh, support podcasts. So there you go, peeps. Uh, moving on, episode 13, Chaz. We're pretty much halfway through. How you living now? <laughs> How you living now, man? Uh we got um we got some guests hopefully coming up later this month. Um we had to reschedule this week. I had a friend in town, so uh we we did um we did the booking for the correct day and then we had to reschedule the recording. So uh those things happen in radio and in podcasting. It does. It's, it does. You know. I'm sure it even happened on uh what was what was the show in Cincinnati? WKRP in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry about that. But uh, I don't know what else is going on. Okay, I've been so I've been noticing a lot of things in my conversations with friends online, and just like when I hear anybody talking about anything, when I listen to them, I'm just like, I want to challenge why you feel this way about these things, but I just don't know how. Right, and because the engagement of it sometimes is what they want. And so they'll even kind of do things where 
um, they'll see that you're posturing up to maybe involve yourself and they'll be ready for rebuttals. And some of them are very generic rebuttals, just ways for them to kind of keep the storyline going in their favor. And, and then also with people in general that are our friends, you know, that have divided opinions, it's uncomfortable when, um, differing opinions come in play and it feels like everyone feels like they have to leave the battlefield with a win. Yeah. As opposed to like kind of you and me, we at times we like a, a conversation to us is like a carnival ride. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go on it. I hope I enjoy the whole thing. Sometimes there's going to be things that'll make me sick, but then by the end of it, if it was worth it, I'll go on the ride again. You know? Exactly. You know, but I mean, if you're on a roller coaster where the person is just terrifying the entire time, right? I don't give them a ticket again to get back <laughs> on that ride. That was a good analogy. Yeah, and a lot of these people, and they're on both sides. I mean, exactly. Yeah, being a moderate is so painful. <laughs> in this like, I'm at the point where if we can figure out how to like <laughs> make Garbage Island livable, I think all of us moderates should figure out a way to inhabit Garbage Island. Oh my God, that would be hilarious. Just like, we're like, well, we're solving a problem, but at the same time, we're claiming this land. <laughs> right. Because every time I'm listening, because I'm, I'm trying to listen to more viewpoints, and I've been listening to a lot of them, and I haven't heard any of like, well, I don't expect a lot of people to actually sit back and be like, why do I believe this? So... That's why hopefully on this show, guys, we want to get more people and uh, definitely more people with dissenting opinions and uh, and then sit down and go with like hot button issues or like even with this healthcare thing right now. Right. Basically, what I'm hearing on the on the right is or basically on Paul Ryan's right, the right that's like, yo, too many of these poor people. I think I said that, guys. Like, you, you know, I think I just said that earlier that like too many poor people are on health care right and then we're saying on our side like we did this so poor people can have health care if you were really serious about uh poor people pulling up their bootstraps you would offer them more opportunity and be building programs that give them that opportunity not taking away their quote-unquote entitlement so they feel more pressured to get out there and work because i think i heard uh, it wasn't paul ryan but it was the it was a guy who was either on Tuesday's or Wednesday's episode for Indivisible, and he said like when we expanded this Medicaid thing, it was able-bodied poor people, and I was like that is the key word there for him, able-bodied. If you're able-bodied, you should be working, so you can't be mooching off the government, right? Because we want small government, because small government leads to maximum opportunity blah 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 blah, blah. But right and uh remind the people what indivisible is just so they can uh get on board with that again in case some people have uh started with this episode oh yeah over here in the u.s on uh the new york uh npr station they're doing a show monday through thursday it's called indivisible is a live call-in show where each day has their own thing. One is about norms, and another one is about how, like, what we're thinking about the ever-changing political scope and all that. And basically, they have experts come on to talk about kind of the underlying culture of it all, and then they have people call in, and they talk about their individual experiences and such. So it started with the Muslim ban on their first week, Excuse me, and this uh, week was all about the... Um, so the they're a relatively new uh, NPR show. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it Kind of based on the response of the country and the vote. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, but they're only doing it for the first 100 days. Okay, and then it's currently available also at nprprobably.org. Is that their... Uh, no, it's not It's not exactly an NPR show. It's a... Uh, but you can find it online. There's versions. Yeah, of, yeah. it's like K-Y-R-P-O-C. I, so I, you go straight through the station that it's on. So if you just Google the Indivisible radio show, yeah. it'll come up. And or individual po- uh, Indivisible podcast as well, So too. they can get it as a podcast. So check your uh, podcast app. Just search for Indivisible. There you go. But uh, that's cool, yeah, just to keep people updated, you know, because uh, not everyone listens to podcasts serially. Yeah, it's so. on WNYC. Yeah, there you go. Which is a New York radio station. You're listening to WNYC. Currently, the temperature is Trump. 37 degrees. Or that's what it was when I was listening to it earlier. 100% chance of Kelly Conway saying something we don't like. Now, some music. No. Okay. Um, But yeah, man. It's it's an interesting time. And Indivisible sounds like an interesting project to kind of highlight... Um, what's going on and kind of what we were just talking about, about these conversations and mm-hmm. about how people come into them with this need to succeed from the conversation as opposed to come in out of the conversation somehow enlightened. Right. You know, kind of like going back to the roller coaster analogy, there is a, a sense of conquering, you know, because yeah, cause I, re- I remember going to carnivals or going to theme parks with friends and when you went on more rides than them, you know, you felt badass. That's true. You know, and so I think if you can handle yourself in more conversations and around more ups and downs of those mm-hmm. conversations and 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 mediate and be a part of those things, you know, you can come out of almost any conversation with some value. But in this time, it seems like there is a more propensity, propensity I never can say that word, but, you know, there's a higher chance that people are going to get angry and have very um, passionate responses that uh-huh. end up bringing uh, kind of the sense of violence closer to the issue where people are feeling like someone's going to punch somebody or somebody's going to get up and push over a chair or something. You know, it's like the the heatedness of the conversations is, is, is happened more rapidly, it feels like, in these times than it did in other times where people had disagreements, you know? Yeah, and I'm definitely noticing, like, every time I hear him talk, it's, uh, everybody's always, everybody has already made their decision on how they come from it, and they're always coming at the position that their position is right. Right. Not like, let me actually truly have my uh, position challenged, and maybe, and that's on both sides, both on the right side and both on the left side. So when you get these talking heads going on all these different shows, it's not about the talking heads to, well, I shouldn't even be really like disappointed with that. But when they're on those shows, the talking heads are basically saying, I'm on this position and this is why I'm on this position. And the other person is like, I'm on this position. This is why I'm on this position. And I feel like a lot of people will tell you the best way for conversations, uh, or basically one-on-one conversations are a great way to have people change their mind and actually see a new way. But I think more of those one-on-one conversations need to be recorded so more and more people can see them. And that's why I like things like Indivisible. That's why we do a podcast. Yeah. So um, uh, an interesting situation happened this week in Portland where um, 
at a, a local uh, brewery chain that's in the Portland area called Lucky Lab. Okay. They have a Northwest Portland location, which would put it in the kind of uh, above uh, Pearl District area. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like um, Pearl District. Right. It's a nice place to walk and shop, and um, there's several different bars and things that are there and things to do. And one of those places is this L- Lucky Lab Beer Hall. And um, a group of people were leaving flyers throughout this last week. Oh, no. Uh, recruiting for uh, a series of uh, very harsh right wing. Uh, oh, it was the Nazis. Yeah. The fucking Nazis. The 4chan flyer. With the, there's, wow. They're using Pepe. They're using 4chan, and there's a specific address on there, and then there's also a uh, a couple links of some people, I guess, that are radicals in Canada, and um, yeah, it was a it was an interesting thing, and so the staff had been aware of the situation for you know the entirety of of them leaving the flyers, and were concerned with trying to figure out who was leaving this propaganda. Um, because they consider themselves a safe place, and that this, oh, of course, and that this was this was going above their um, what they wanted to have happen, and so eventually they were having a conversation uh, about trying to figure out who was leaving the flyers when they overheard conversations at a table, and realized that the type of things that were being said at that table were in line with kind of what this. A group were wow. promoting and so someone walked over and a- started asking them questions and there kind of was a confrontation and uh, if no one got hurt no punches were thrown uh, cops were called though oh, um, wow. as it was very difficult to get this group to leave and it was just like on a Sunday or something oh shit so there was like three or four you know employees and there was like 10 or 11 you know, or more of these guys. Oh, wow. And so they kind of got them out and, uh, and words were exchanged and it's just, uh, it's just interesting, you know, being somebody who's moved, you know, here to Seattle from Portland to see that, uh, you know, it doesn't even out here in the liberal West, you know, this movement is really rearing its head. Oh, we're so close to the the far west, though, that it makes sense. Yeah, that they're, but yeah, they're uh, they're they're exposing, you know, their values on us. And yeah, I them. mean, they're they they lived in the country, they lived out in the boonies. You can still get to the, to big cities from the boonies. So yeah, so yeah, they came out, did that, and now they're just like, oh my goodness. We're emboldened. Yep, Trump emboldened these people. So now they think they can come out here and, you know, be like, yeah, it's okay if I'm a populist. It's okay if I don't want people to come into my country because I'm a racist. Right. And then they go back to their their place that they're living. So, okay. It's, that's kind of your version. Of, they're, they're less than likely living here? No, I think some are living here. Like, I don't think the contingent is as strong in, like, the city limits of Seattle but as soon as you get out of the city limits, you're going to find it. Right. And, and I think, like, it's one of those things there, too, where, like, you have the question of how you want to engage it. Because apparently the idea is pervasive, right? It's pervasive enough that they have organized groups uh, that do it, regardless of, like, everything that's been said and what we think is uh, the right way. They think a different way. So... And I remember having conversations with people where the way is to just like squash their voice, right. just make it not heard. 
Right. And and then I've had other people say, no, you take those things and you put them in like you put them in situations where their ideas need to be challenged. And yeah. and I kind of I usually fall on the side of the latter because I know that ideas are pervasive and the only way to beat back an idea is with another idea. So if you're not going to if they're and if right now they're like, we've only heard this one thing. And I think that's the other thing, too. Like, everybody, when they come at a situation and they come at it from what they already know, you don't know, like, what mechanisms they went through in order to learn it. You Like, you don't know what their level of critical thinking is. You don't know what, um, like, what a lot of logical fallacies we use before we know what those are to codify things in our brain. Like, our parents will tell us, you should have this principle. And we're going, like, well, because my dad told me. Right. right? So... Or you might do slippery slope things. So, so like you, I think in most conversations, I want more people to try to get down to the brass tacks of like why they think that way, and also like how did they come to that conclusion? Because then I think you can start having a much deeper conversation there, because you know exactly what is the root cause of why they have like the values, principles, right. beliefs, and ideals they do. And if there is a a direct connection to the the past where somebody else had an opinion that was like that and these people are related to that person and they respect that person and now that person's either older or passed on yeah and they now have a voice and they kind of like to repeat the strategy of that other person that they respected and you kind of wonder if that is also the case of like trump you know like you know his uh, father. yeah for sure you know like his father was king shit of the house if you watch some of these documentaries that have been uh, coming out oh yeah i saw that one on pbs yeah and that uh it's uh it's interesting w- when you see the response from this uh right movement it, it does come from a lot of people who have strong families and those families tend to have these opinions that are kind of locked and insular and aren't looking outward, which is where all this scare tactics from the people that are coming in and who are these people that are different than me or look different than me. Yeah. And and all these kind of insecure reactions when, you know, people who've dealt with integration and meeting different people from different cultures, you know, experiences the positive benefits like in cities for sure you know you can you can ignore the differences and see that that there's you know opportunities to to be enlightened and and it's interesting that they come from that same background and trump even though he's a city guy he also comes from a family that had a very direct listen to what we were doing oh yeah type of line so it's almost as if he's not even using his own cognitive ability but he's still just kind of running on this treadmill of what his father put him on. And, um, and it's kind of same yeah. to his followers. I was going to say, and his kids are like that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. That's, I mean, I mean, that's a theory allegedly. I don't know <laughs> to say allegedly because I just described it, but, um, yeah, man. All right. Well, we need a little time filler. So, um, I'm going to do a new segment that's Uh-oh. called fake pitch. And fake th- pitch. And that's where we develop a few uh, joke ideas for a television show. Oh, and, and if okay. you need a little help, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of can, can build one for you. Okay. But um, uh, so. Yeah, I'm not even know where to start with this. So I was thinking, like, for instance, okay, 
So everyone's doing, you know, we've been watching this thing, cop shows, right? Oh, yeah. Why don't we do a cop show for bus police? (laughs) 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 Right? And so... And so we got this cop show, right? And we got the Oh man. We got the bus police. <laughs> and you can take it both ways. You'd probably start with kind of an SVUE vibe. Yeah. SVUE because it's kind of got a little humor to it. Mm-hmm. But then they can also take it serious, you know? But I kind of would like it to be kind of also maybe a little Brooklyn Nine-Nine-ish. Like I yeah, would love I can see that. it could go either way, you know. But let's take it that way for the since it's a lighten up episode. Let's go Bl- Brooklyn Nine Nine. So you're kind of more like a Reno Nine One One on the bus. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Oh my God, that would be hilarious. You know, like they've got, and then you've got your cast of characters. So you've got the always doesn't have his fair guy. You mm-hmm. know, and so yeah, they bust like other people, strangers, all the time, and they have to bust them. But in this episode or in this series, there'd have to be a character that's like notoriously doesn't have his fare, uh-huh. but has these long, elaborate tales for why they don't have their fare. <laughs> yes. And the bus police always end up getting a call to some bus style emergency before they can actually like apprehend. And they're just like, move along. He's like, not a problem guys. I'll take care of it. You know, my dog will be fine. Don't worry. It's only cancer of the leg. And they <laughs> run off and they're like, is there even a cancer of the leg? You know? So there's that guy. There's the always. And then obviously you've got the kind of like drug syndicate style. So you could either oh, take that yeah. kind of comedically. Cause then you can have like stoners who are kind of hustling weed, you oh, know, oh my God, all yes. the time. But then you can even go a little harder core. You know, and have like the kind of derelict society drugs, and like they could have oh, shit. an undercover version. You know, you could go. You know, they're in plain clothes. You know, who are our officers? Like, I mean, I'm kind of imagining sort of like either Lethal Weapon style, yeah, <laughs> meshed with kind of Chips esque. Okay, <laughs> and then make them ladies. Okay, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so. If Lethal Weapon was females, oh shit! Who, who plays Danny Glover? Who plays Danny Glover as a TV? Now we can go TV, you know, because TV actresses range from a different style than movie actresses, right? You know, you know what? I want to see. I want to see Kiki Palmer. Who's Kiki? What is Kiki Palmer in? Right oh now? my god! Was she? I don't know. I think she's on Broadway right now, <laughs> but she was in movies like Akela and the Bee. Okay, and, and and then she's she's the Danny Glover. Yeah, she's the Danny Glover. She, but but it's kind of like a personality reversal. Like she's black. Okay, but she she's always in her shows, kind of silly. And is she right. young? She's younger, right? Yeah, she's so it's younger. not like I'm too old for this, right? It's more just like I should be texting. No, I don't right. know. <laughs> 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 I was like, I was just, I don't know. And then uh, who's our Mel Gibson? Oh you shit, know, without, that's what I'm trying to. You know, um, I'm thinking maybe. Um, I mean, okay. Danielle Panabaker. Okay, okay. I got I got a wild card. Uh oh. Blake Griffin from the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh shit. <laughs> His, <laughs> His points per game has been going down steadily. Oh my god! Oh he's, my god! He's looking to get into entertainment. We get Yo. him on board. That way, we got a little bit of kind of muscle, you know. Because yeah, I want him to be the nerd, though. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's super about stats. Like, he's yes. always telling them about ways they can be more efficient. And then, like, but then he'll tackle the guy at the end anyway. And we're like, right. we only need you for your strength. Why do you try to be the smart one? But uh-huh. he's, like, really active on it. Oh. And he has strong opinions about video games, which will help. Oh, there you know, you That go. way we can get some, you know, EA Sports money when they're dropping Madden. Oh, yeah. He'll oh, have all these. Yeah. Look at that. Look Dude, at that. we've already got sponsors. Um, and then who other, who else is going to be, oh, bus driver. See every character bus, the, every different bus has a different bus driver. Oh my God. Rotating cast of characters as buses. Yes. You know, yes. you get Leslie Jones as a bus driver. One oh time. my God. You know, oh my you know God. what I mean? You get, and then you get Pete Davidson on the next bus, you know, that, yeah. that separation. You get like Larry David on one bus of the drivers run that gamut, dude. They're, right? they're, they're tall, giant, and also small and tiny. Right. Like, oh yeah. They can make those chairs work for any of them they have longer pedals sometimes too like they <laughs> they can fulfill anybody's size so uh so your cast of characters can be anybody isn't that's it? true and and that's kind of a reveal you know every you can have a shot when the bus drive the doors are opening and then you've got the uh the reveal of like is that louis ck <laughs> oh shit that <laughs> would be ridiculous laugh track you know <laughs> wait for it and then they get on the bus you know and Louis like, don't worry, bang, the thing's broken, you know. And then he, ah, I'm late for work. And then he's like, you know, one of those things. He gets to do a Louis moment, you know? right? Yeah, I like it. And then who else should be riding the bus? What are some, what are some like, bus tropes? Oh goodness, I mean, in Seattle, you have uh, the guy who's on his laptop trope. Oh God, right? Uh, like how how far are you going on this bus that like having your laptop booted up and on and the things that you're doing are actually like of value, you know? And what are you using? Are you are you using a T-Mobile connector thing? Is that what, are you paying for a second cell phone for your for your laptop? Like, well, know. some of them have that. Actually, the which one call it? They don't have to be using Wi-Fi though. So I've seen people like working on reports. I've seen people studying. Uh, okay. they're, they're 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 doing actual like practical stuff. Okay, so that guy to the eccentric level, they've got the laptop, but then they've got like three quarters of the office as well with them. Like the stack of papers. Yeah. You know, and then like, you know, and they're stapling things, you know, oh and like God. putting the staple and then like putting it in the stack and then the laptop, you know, phone rings, you know, and he's holding it and he's like looking at other people like they're the annoying ones, you know? Oh yeah, okay. That's good. That's good. Uh the lady who's just gone shopping. Oh, I was about to say that. Way too many bags. Yes, the way too many bags. Way too many bags. She's put all the bags down. She gets on the bus. And then you're like, all right. And she's like, wait, one minute. And then runs back in three more bags. Right. You're like, yo, fam. (laughs) It's so good. Seriously. And there's always the mother with the stroller and other kids. Oh, right. Right. Oh, God. (laughs) Holding like three kids. And I I feel so bad. I mean, that is a war hero. Those women deserve medals of honor. But... For real, when they have to fold, it takes like five minutes to fold these strollers and then get them under these things, and it's not their fault, but they've got like these, be- the kids are running around, one kid beelines li- for the back of the bus immediately, you know, he's like high-fiving people, you know, one of the kids is right. like trying to crawl under with the strollers, like, get it, out right, of there, oh my get out of there, you know, she's trying to pay, she's like, how many of these kids do I have to pay for, some of them are only three, one of them's not mine, like, can I help me, can you help me, please? I've got five dollars in this receipt. 
but uh yeah yeah the 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 bus system is is an interesting and then you've just got the standard commuters you know yeah so those are kind of your filler extras that you for just, sure you know it's just people yeah most of the time it's just people sitting in their seats either reading a book or looking at their phone right right and i guess you could kind of play that where your scenes generically from the bus will be from the surveillance footage and that's how you're getting the the times that the cops aren't actually present Maybe that's a little bit of a trope thing that they, oh, that we use in yeah, the show. Oh, yeah, that would work. That way we're like, oh, you know, it's the cops show, but the cops have access to their surveillance, so it's almost as if they're on every bus. Boom. Ooh. And then we get Stephen Baccio on board, just so at the last end, it's like produced by Stephen Baccio. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That was a good show. I can see people watching that. What do we call it? Okay, I got Transit? Or Busted. Oh, busted! Should there be like bus? Oh, and or is it bus space Ted? Bus Ted. Yeah, I was about and, to say something like that. And Blake Griffin's name is Ted, and it's his first day on the job. And oh Kiki's the experienced one. That's the reversal. Oh yes. She's I... like, why did you give me this guy? And he comes in handy every week, but you know, yes. she's way more experienced in like takes care of her own most of the time you know but occasionally needs the backup of of ted yeah that bus was... ted <laughs> bus ted yes high five <laughs> it's from how you live in productions oh lordy we're we're taking submissions uh tweeted us uh producer Chaz and mikhail <laughs> on twitter at csrii and Town mayor uh or email our lawyer <laughs> which is currently our fish but <laughs> he swims in straight circles, which means he's a straight shooter. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah, so that was my uh, time filler, man. I think we made it to the bell, buddy. Um, what's your grow your brain? Oh, what is my grow your brain? Grow your brain. Grow your brain, grow your brain, grow your brain. What's good? Plant a seed. Uh, so grow your brain is going to be the YouTube channel Minute Physics. Okay. And yeah, it's they're not one minute videos, but it's just it'll basically break down a larger uh, physics concepts and methodologies and theories and and all that into short like ten five to ten minute bites. Okay, and uh, and it'll so that's a good time to kind of get that free learning style and of some elevated status. So you're learning, you're actually learning physics. Exactly. And uh, that's cool, man. Um, and that's how many videos do you think they got? What's uh, what's kind of the range of the courses that they go through? Oh, uh, nice. What are what are some of the ones that have you have you watched a few of them? Or I watched a few of them, but a while ago. What was the take on the on the ones you saw? It was pretty good. It, it was you know oh gosh I can't even remember right now. I I say that, but it was something because usually. When I watch things and I want to get like really into them, uh, I started watching that. But I started watching some uh, physics videos from Crash Course as well, too. But I didn't get in dive into it because it wasn't applicable to anything I was working on. So I didn't retain a lot of that information. Right. Um, well, I guess I can add to the Grow Your Brain segment to tell our listeners, since I'm still supporting people to go out and listen to podcasts, boo, boo, boo. download Star Talk. Yeah, with Neil deGrasse Tyson and grow your brain. You'll learn some physics. He is uh, oh, yeah. the world's most friendly and most notable known uh, astrophysicist currently. 
uh, as far as like no like known, you know, yeah. he's like a, a a face that we recognize. Neil deGrasse Tyson. He, and yeah, he's got real he's got real knowledge though, and he and he's got a, a rotating cast of characters come on. Some of them are jokesters like me, and some of them are more serious people like oh yeah, our previous guest Katie Baker, and bringing the news and information about science and. You know, sometimes they extend into sports and some other stuff, but for the most part, yeah, uh, strictly science and space in general a lot. And uh, I'm really interested in space, and so me I, too. I pretty much anytime I I see something that they're talking about, and it's free, uh, I click on the space episode. So grow your brain, go listen to that show, keep up with how you live in, and uh, that's my addition to go 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 grow your brain. <laughs> grow, 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 grow your brain. Go, 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 grow your brain. There you go. Um, we'll cut that one out. Uh, anything else you got for the people, man? Or do you think we can uh, retire for the eve? I think we can retire for the eve. I like it. I think we help some people. I think we work through some stuff ourselves. Oh yeah. We started a production company. That was cool. So uh, yeah, shout out to everyone. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm at Seatown Mayor on Twitter, and as always at HowYouLiveIn dot com. That is H O. W Y U Y O U L I V I N. No G, because we're the G's here. Dot com. No living dot com. And uh, how you living dot com. And, uh, and that's uh, free episodes now, 13, uh, out there for you. Yeah. And you can get at my man Chaz here. And C R S I I on Twitter. I'm on there a little bit more these days. I had a. Uh, let me see. Reagan Republican follow me earlier today. So that was cool. I guess. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting. The engagement begins, man. Um, you, you're, they're definitely out there listening and we appreciate that. And uh, for that, I thank you. And uh, I've got a, lis- a little exit song, something um, I've been listening to lately that for me sums it up. Take care, guys. Hey, you know, everybody's talking about the good old days, right? Everybody, the good old days, the good old days. Well, let's talk about the good old days.